You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo, joined as always by Peter Alves. Peter, how are we doing today? Happy Friday. The weekend is here. How are we doing? Happy Friday. Gonna see you two weeks in a row. Good job. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, happy. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you for uh, come hang out uh, for my birthday this past weekend, Peter. Always a great time. I was able to give you uh, Nick Carter uh, of the Bo Sox's uh, Christmas gift. Hope you like that. It's true. It's true. Give you your Mac Jones shirt. So. I love yeah. it. Thank you very much, Peter. Very, very thoughtful, thoughtful of you. Speaking of Mac Jones, Peter, I thought it was probably best to start off with the draft. Yay. So first of all, the draft show was a lot of fun last week. We want to thank Noah, Carr, um, Matt, who was it? Am I forgetting someone? And Dylan. Uh, it was awesome having the four of them on. I thought we did a pretty good job of breaking down the draft. And tell you what, it was an interesting draft. So before we get into it, Peter, how much of the draft did you watch? Did you watch Thursday? Did you watch Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? How much did all you All right, consume? so Thursday was all sad, obviously. Sucked. And then Friday, I, I watched the whole thing, actually. And the Saturday, I was like, yeah, I'm checked out. I don't even know who any of these people are. Why were you sat Thursday? Will Levis didn't get picked. Are you serious? Oh, oh duh. Duh. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, I didn't know who you were going. Carr even texted me separately. He's like, what happened, bro? Oh, yeah. Like, Carr was in your grill, dude. He was in your grill on multiple platforms. But, hey, Peter, sometimes you just got to take your licks. And no, look, it's... Like, well, it, Yep. Hey, it, I, like I said, there could have been a lot worse spots for Will Levis. Levis is all likely good, in the all likelihood going to sit in this year, or at least part of the year. Mike Vrabel is a good coach. Tennessee, it's a good operation. So it's not like he ended up in like Siberia. You know what I mean? Like he's he has a capable coach, capable scheme. So who knows? But yeah, you did take sure. your L there. Yeah. So I watched, of course, Thursday. I watched all of Thursday. I watched most of Saturday. And I watched round three of Friday. I was out to eat, so I missed round two. And the Bruins were on, so it was kind of back and forth sort of thing. Um, but I, look, I love the draft. I thought this draft was different compared to previous drafts. It felt like the skill position talent is what gets the headlines. And there wasn't necessarily that in this particular draft. There was only, I believe, what, three receivers drafted in the first round. The first receiver wasn't taken until 20th overall. The receivers were uh, my guy JSN, Jordan Addison, um, who I forget? Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Yes. So there was three, and Flowers four. So there was four there, but they weren't high higher up prospects. They were all selected in the end of the first round. I thought so. you were gonna get your wish. I thought the Patriots were gonna pick them. I did honestly, Peter. When the Patriots were on the clock, I was praying. I was like Jackson Smith and Jigba or Christian Gonzalez, either or. I was like, I'll take either of them, and they end up with Christian Gonzalez, and I was happy as hell, dude. It, like I was like, please, one of the two. I don't even care. Like, just give me one of the two. No, I thought they, they Big Bo was going to do it, and then I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, take Gonzalez. I, I was, like yeah. me and Carr said last week, he was uh, arguably the best defensive player we saw on the board. So that was big. Uh, speaking of Carr, Peter. So Carr and Dylan put together your list of Peter's prospects, right? We had a nice little graphic for that. A lot of fun there. I'll let you know well, what happened to these prospects. So Jake Hayner, the quarterback from Fresno State, he gets drafted by the Saints. So remember, you got to religiously follow these guys. So he's going to back up Derek Carr and Taysom Hill, I guess. So he's in New Orleans. Uh, 
Dwayne McBride. The James Winston, the Minnesota he's still Vikings. rolling around, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Winston, too. Yeah, I forgot he resigned there. You're right. Uh, Dwayne McBride ended up with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he ended up falling in the draft. He was supposed to get picked in, like, round three. I think he ended up getting drafted in round six. So we'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. There's rumors that he could be on the trade block. He just had off-season surgery. So maybe Dwayne McBride could be your guy, Peter. Uh, yeah, Adam Corsick. Oh, yeah, him too. But Adam Corsick. The punter that Carr raved about. The homie did not get drafted, Peter, by the NFL. But he was the third overall pick in the Canadian draft uh, over the weekend. Third overall. I watch it. I watch the CFL. Sorry. But but Peter, he did get invited to the Steelers uh, training camp. He did get a training camp training camp invitation. I got hyped. I forgot who that person was, and then the Patriots obviously picked a punter, and I was like, oh my god, is that him? <laughs> the Patriots got the consensus number one punter. But Adam Corsak from Rutgers, we thought was going to be the pick. So 0 for 3 on that one, Carr. Uh, Jake Moody, the 49ers traded up in round three to get him. He's the kicker from Michigan. He's electric, and the 49ers, I know they get a lot of scrutiny for picking a kicker, but look, when you're on the brink of a Super Bowl and you're trying to get your team in the best position to succeed and maybe one of your only flaws is kicker, take a shot there. So I know it's high, but if Moody is as good as like Justin Tucker. I'm not saying that's a high bar, but if he's a top three, top five kicker in the league, that's a W. I like Robbie Gold, though. He's getting up there in age, though. So yeah, I think I that's why they want everybody to do it. And last but not least, Cody Mock got drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Perfect Tampa Bay Buck right there. So those are your guys, Peter. Um, was there any surprises you had in this NFL draft that you were like, wow? Well, A, the Texans training their whole farm for Will uh, Anderson. I think that's a little early. Like, I know you're not competing next year. Like, you're giving up the whole future. That's A. B, Lions, what are you doing? Shout out to Noah. You got your boy Hooker. But, like, Gibbs at 12 and a linebacker at 29. Like, I feel like you're set over there. Even though you got – they didn't even get a lot for Swift either. So Yeah, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, end up with DeAndre Swift. And the Lions draft has gotten a lot of scrutiny lately as well. A lot of people thought they reached um, – sort of mismanaged the draft board. I guess we're going to see how it plays out. So, I mean, I don't want to make any quick assessments yet on it, but my guess would be that the Lions kind of saw the board a little bit different than the analysts and that sort of thing. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But the Lions did have an unconventional draft. I think that's absolutely true. They did get Hendon Hooker, like you said. Hooker's going to sit behind Goff for at least a year to two years. So we'll see how that shakes out. And Hooker is, of course, rehabbing from the ACL in- ACL injury that he had. So he likely couldn't play this year anyway. So that's a good spot for him there. My biggest surprise was, look, I'll tell you what, Peter, uh, this is an established quarterback that did get drafted that I was surprised about. Stetson Bennett, right, from Georgia. He got selected in the fourth round by the Rams. I was shocked that Stetson Bennett got drafted this high. Tell you what, he is one of the luckiest athletes I've ever seen in my life, right? So, look, he's an undersized quarterback, decent arm. He sits there like 5'11", 6 foot. Played on that loaded Georgia team, won two national championships. He lost one game in college. Dynamic players on offense, coaching on defense. Perfect situation for him. Absolutely perfect. After the national championship game, most mock drafts had him stated at like round four, round five, right? He, it did, he didn't look like he was going to be anything more than a backup. It was similar to, like, Jake Fromm. Do you remember Jake Fromm a couple years ago? I do. The uh, savior of the Bills. 
Correct. Yes. So that sort of thing with Stetson Bennett. Um, but then we're let's move back towards um after the championship game into like um like the pro day and that sort of thing. Look, he gets arrested, right? Gets arrested. He doesn't show up to the combine. He declines that invitation. Doesn't show up to the senior bowl. Declines it. Does his pro day. And to me, a lot of mock drafts indicated that he wasn't going to get drafted. Like he was plus 100 to not get drafted. Like that was the likely outcome from he was doing everything in his power to not get drafted. And somehow he gets drafted in round four in the best possible scenario with the best offensive coach in the league in the best situation in the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to sit behind Matt Stafford for however many years. He's going to play with a loaded team eventually when that team gets their stuff back together. Sean McVay is going to put him in the right position to succeed. And we're going to blink and he's going to be Brock Purdy. And it's it's just crazy how lucky his situation ended up being. He could have got drafted to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he could have sat behind freaking Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask and he would have never saw the light of day. Instead, he ends up in sunny Southern California and look at him. He's the surprise of the draft for me. Nobody ever expected him to get drafted in round four. Yeah, that no, that's a good point. I, I literally forgot about him too and all of his allegations. Yeah, like he got it. Like, look, I, it happens and that sort of stuff. But the fact that he declined the senior bowl, um, he didn't participate in like the combine and that sort of thing. And he was still able to get drafted in the fourth round like crazy. It like, I don't know. And it didn't even, his offseason didn't even impact his stock. And I was surprised about that. Any takeaways for the draft? Any positions that you saw teams draft and you're like, oh, well, this makes sense because of this. Did you see anything? A lot like of edge rushers in the AFC, obviously. A lot of edge rushers. Raiders, Chargers, even uh, Chiefs. The yep. Packers don't get a wide receiver again. Oh, well, it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. And the Jets don't even either. And shout out to you. I was thinking about you the whole time. So many trades. So many trades. I know. So many I, didn't, I didn't get a single one right. Well, I did say the Texans were going to trade up, but I thought they were going to trade up to get their quarterback. But it, they did it in reverse. They drafted the quarterback, then traded up for their defensive end, Will Anderson Jr. My biggest takeaway is that Nick Casario and the Texans, like you just said, they're all in. They're all in on their core, their foundational pieces. Of course, they've been in a rebuild since the Deshaun Watson trade. They haven't had a direction. Then they went through two head coaches in two years a black hole at the quarterback position, a black hole defensively, and just overall as a franchise, they had no direction. So they can go all in this year, give up an extreme amount of draft capital, get Will Anderson, they get C.J. Stroud, and that's their core. That's the two guys they want to rebuild with for their absolute, for their future. So if you're the Texans, at least you have some sort of a direction now. So I, that I was my get, biggest takeaway. Texans are sort of all in. I don't get that, though, because, like, well, we love Brandon Cooks. That's the only thing they got on offense. They right? Like oh wait, they drafted a tight end too, right? They drafted a tight they, end. Yeah, they drafted a tight end. Um they also So I'm trying Damian to Damian Pierce, I guess. Damian Pierce. I thought they brought somebody else in. Oh, did, oh they have Dalton Schultz, don't they? Dalton Schultz, yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Dalton Schultz. But they did lose Brandon Cooks. He's he's in Dallas. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. That's right. But they have John Mechie coming back uh, from Alabama. Oh, yeah. They have him coming back. If he can be an impact player, that could lead to things. So, look, I'm not saying they're all in on, like, the 2023 season, but at least they have a direction now. They have a foundation. 
They have a young coach they believe in. They have a quarterback they believe in. And they have an anchor on the defensive side of the ball they believe in. So we'll see how it shakes out for the Texans. Any other draft thoughts before we switch gears here? Well, shout out to the NFL. NFL's king. But and Rodgers gets his boy. Riddle Cobb. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Riddle Cobb. Holy shit. Yeah, Jordy Nelson's next. <laughs> no, uh, James Earl Jones. Or James, James Earl Jones. Earl Jones. <laughs> no, Greg Jennings. Donald, yeah, Craig Jennings and... Yeah. For Michael Finley, all who, who bring them all in the to the New York Jets. Um, all Donald right, Peter, what? Whatever his name is, Donald Driver. Donald Driver, yeah. Donald Driver. I can do this all day, Peter. Um, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the NBA. NBA second round is in full swing. We didn't talk about the NBA last week, so kind of let's let's recap here about the final couple um, playoff series is left. We have so we have in the Eastern Conference, right? The Celtics and the 76ers are tied at one. Uh, Joel Embiid officially won the MVP award this week. Uh, he returned for game two of the series, but the Celtics end up winning by 34. Um, but the Sixers were able to steal game one on the road without Embiid. James Harden put together one of the best performances he's had in five years. He scored 45 points. He was dominant. So, Peter, after two games, how would you assess this series? Uh, it's going as as I thought, to be honest, I guess. I mean, the 76ers are soft. I feel like Embiid ruins, hurts their team more than he helps them at this point. It, that's might be a bold take, but I don't know. I mean, Al Horford can defend him outside, and then James Harden just doesn't get the ball. But, I mean, going back to game one, J- Jalen Brown didn't get any shots, like, after the first quarter. What's up with that? And that's probably why they lost. But good on Jalen Brown. That's his team. And yeah. You off on Tatum? I mean, no. Tatum's amazing, but like. Tatum's dropping 40 points in game three. You can write that down. I don't think the Celtics are going to win game three, though. I think the Sixers win game three. Honestly, I think the series is going to go seven. Uh, I like the Celtics in seven. I think Philly's going to win game three. Celtics will win game four and five. Sixers win six. And Celtics win in seven. That's my overall sort of prediction. Game three is going to be tough for the Celtics. Joel Embiid's getting his MVP trophy before game three and pregame. Oh, is he really? He's not winning? No, he's getting it there. So the Philly fans are going to be riled up. Like it's going to be a, it's going to be a very tough environment for the Celtics. So I'm expecting a a letdown performance. So I'm prepared for that. Um, But you're, you know what, Peter, a lot of people have kind of said that Embiid sort of hurts with how the 76ers play against the Celtics. And I think that's sort of true in some aspect. When Embiid's on the court, they get, you know, they're obviously playing a bigger style. Uh, Embiid's their dominant player, the scoring twos. It sort of changes things with Tobias Harris, James Harden, Maxi. Those guys don't get the ball as much, and they're not shooting threes, right? How to beat the Celtics is to outshoot the Celtics, and that's what the Sixers did in game one. With Embiid on the court, it's tough to outshoot them because everything's kind of circulated around him offensively, and it kind of slows the game down, and it brings the game into the Celtics' favor. So I agree with you and to some extent with that. Embiid is obviously um, one of the best players in this league. So, of course, having him on the court is beneficial for the Sixers on the defensive end. Uh, on the offensive end, it does them some good, but it also makes them a little bit more vulnerable to uh, the Celtics getting outright in terms of making three-pointers and that sort of thing. Well, breaking news, the Bucks, the head coach, fired. Yeah, I just saw that. Mike Budenholzer just got fired as we record this. So I wasn't too, too surprised, honestly. After getting eliminated after round one, it's tough to save your job, even if you're an NBA Finals champion coach. But 
Budenholzer is a good coach. He will get hired somewhere. If I'm Ime Udoka, I'm pissed I took that Rockets job. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm pissed because Udoka, since he's kind of been uh, available to be a head coach, like he's interviewed a couple spots, like he could have been in Brooklyn. There's rumors he could have been in Toronto. He could have had a couple jobs, and he kind of said no, and he ended up in Houston. Houston's a decent situation, don't get me wrong. Uh, they have good young talent, and they have $60 million in cap space. But if you're the head coach of the Bucks, like, you're you're right yeah, in you're the mix. Giannis, who cares? Yeah, you're right in the mix. You know, in a couple tweaks, and you're right back to being a front runner in the Eastern Conference. So that's going to be the most coveted job in the NBA this year. I don't know where they're going to go for that. Nick Nurse would be a really interesting fit. That would be a I don't hate lot that of fun. Either. I don't think he's that bad. And Some I believe league. no, I don't think no, I don't think Nick Nurse yeah. is bad at all. I just think he kind of got stale with the current group he had, and yeah, he wasn't able to elevate. That was the only thing. But and I think it kind of deteriorated with his relationship with the front office. So Nick Nurse could be somebody. I'm trying to think of another one or two off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is a big head coaching job. Like I, maybe they're going to try to get a big. Fish from college, like I don't know what they're gonna end up doing. So this should be interesting. Coach K, Coach K, who knows? But I will say, Peter, one of the Celtics assistant coaches, his name's escaping me, was the head assistant coach for the Bucks um, when they won the championship. But the Celtics brought him over a couple years ago. Maybe he is going to be a front runner because he had a good relationship with Giannis. Ben Sullivan is his name. So that's a name to keep an eye on. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Ben Sullivan gets a lot of credit for uh, helping Giannis grow uh, and develop as a shooter. Obviously, he's not where he wants to be as a shooter, but you know what I mean in terms of getting better. So Ben Sullivan's a name to keep in the back of your mind. If he gets hired, Peter, you heard it right here first on this podcast. All right, let's move to the next series. Um, Let's talk uh, Eastern Conference, New York Knicks, Miami Heat tied at one. The storyline through two games is probably Jimmy Butler's ankle injury. Uh, he got it at the end of game one. He stayed in the game, but he did not play in game two, and the Knicks ended up winning game two. Um, a close game, but they did end up closing that out and winning. So what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the series? So game three, Jimmy Butler is definitely playing. You see him uh, wave off the crowd in game th- or at the end of game two. The Knicks are lucky they, and Jimmy Butler didn't play. Like I, I think the Heat are going to win in like five games if Jimmy Butler plays in game three or four or five and five. I think the Knicks are overmatched, and this is why the Heat couldn't want to play the Heat, I guess. They're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. They might actually win the whole East, which is going to actually piss me Miami? off. You say Miami? Yeah. Tell you what, actually, Miami... That's actually going to piss me off. Yeah. Uh, Miami's a wicked tough out. Um, they lose Tyler Hero, and I think that is a substantial loss. If Jimmy Butler's healthy, I think they end up, they're going to win this series in six games. I think they're better than this Knicks team, I look, I, I think this Knicks team plays with a lot of heart. They play with a lot of grit defensively. Jalen Brunson's a star, but Julius Randle is a real wild card. Does he have his head in it? Is he playing elite two-way basketball? Because if he is, the Knicks are tough to beat. When he's not, the Knicks are a little bit more vulnerable. Um, but the Knicks have had some supplementary pieces sort of play well. Josh Hart is somebody they acquired at the trade deadline. Josh Hart's he's played amazing. extremely well. Yeah, right. He's played really well. I remember when he got drafted. I believe it was by the Lakers in the late 20s of the first round. Uh, he's played extremely well. I think he was in the Anthony Davis trade, if I remember correctly, uh, to New Orleans. So I do like this Knicks team overall, but I just think this Heat's team, uh, they have the experience in the playoffs. If Jimmy Butler's healthy and he's right, the Heat are tough to beat. Eric Spolster is a damn good coach. He's probably the best coach in the league. So I think we are look 
I would say we're likely looking at an Eastern Conference Finals rematch Celtics Heat. That's kind of how I'd say it right now. Which, and if the Heat beat the Celtics, I swear to God, I'm going to go for every oh, Bucks fan and it's their fault. Oh, my goodness. You're right. And who would have ever imagined an eight seed, right, getting to the finals? Not me, that's for sure. Uh, let's look at the Western Conference. My Denver Nuggets, Peter, lead the Phoenix Suns 2-0 in this series. Nicole Jokic doing what he does best, playing some good ball offensively, passing the ball well, rebounding well. And the Suns trail 2-0 in this series as the series heads back to Phoenix. So can the Suns come back here? I mean, they can. They got to get Chris Paul going. Like 10 points in game one and like eight yeah, points in game two. Holy too, crap. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's deteriorating. I thought it was going to be either in the finals or at least the Western Conference finals. I'm glad that a uh, playoff Chris Paul showed up. And then, uh, yeah, your boy Jokic like scores a third of their points in game two. So, credit to them, though. They're, they literally, what was it, like 85 points they went into in game two? So, yeah. Denver should Nuggets, win. So. You're, so, when I look at the Nuggets, I think the reason they're playing so well now is while Nikola Jokic has been awesome, it's Jamal Murray. He's also playing out of his mind. I think that's a big reason why this Nuggets team has had the success. And I also think the Suns team is sort of, they have no depth, and I think that's hurting them. Kind of forcing guys like Devin Booker, Aiden, Durant to play monster minutes. Uh, Durant missed a lot of time in the regular season. He was not healthy for much of the year with Phoenix. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have that chemistry with the rest of the team, and he's trying to get his legs underneath he's him. He's still playing 30, 40 minutes, though. That's what I'm saying. He's playing a lot. Um, but from coming off that injury, that is a lot. You know what I mean? Because he did have a substantial injury there. And losing Chris Paul doesn't make things any easier for a Suns team that has little to no bench. So I tell you what, before the series started, I was leaning Suns in six. I might be looking at Nuggets in six. I think the Nuggets could be going to the finals, Peter. I'll take blame for that, too. Uh, game one and two, bet on the Suns. Game three, I will bet on the Suns again. I'm, that's what every, I don't know anyone that's bet on the Nuggets. Everyone yeah. I talk to is bet on Phoenix both games. There you so, go. Yeah, and tell you what, game two, I was somebody asked me, it was game two, and I was like, oh, yeah, Phoenix is going to win this game. Because I, I, I still believe that Denver doesn't have the the postseason success that Phoenix has. You know, Kevin Durant's been there, done that. Devin Booker's been to the finals. We all make fun of Chris Paul, but he's got to the finals. He's professional. But, nope. Uh, it's been a good series for Denver so far. Uh, last but not least... Do you have a Nuggets ticket? No, right? Did, no, of course I don't have a Nuggets ticket. No, I had... um. Who did I have coming out of the West? I had Memphis. Oh, um, you had a ticket for that, bro? No, I did, I did not have a ticket. But I, I in the preseason, I picked Memphis. So, rip to that. Uh, last but not least, uh, so Peter, as we record this, the Lakers lead the Warriors 1-0 in the series. Game two takes place last night. Uh, okay, so if the Warriors win the game, how did they do it? They got to A, stop Anthony Davis from getting a rebound. Two, they got to figure out how to stop LeBron James, even though he doesn't have the ball the whole time. And three, I mean, Jordan Poole, don't take the last shot, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Warriors. And Draymond, must- you got to actually score. I know that's not your MO, but holy crap. This is a must like win game you- for the Warriors. No, you're right. It's, it's not a must win, though. Well, maybe it is. It's I'll put it in context for you, right? You remember how bad the Warriors are on the road? Now, they started off down 2 0 against the Kings last series, but they lost two games in Sacramento. Then they won. Then they went back home and they got the wins they needed to to extend the series. You're playing a Lakers team that you don't want to give LeBron James, Anthony, Anthony Davis any confidence. And Peter, right? So if you are, if you lose 1 0, right, in a series and you're a home team, 
the last 15 times that's happened, including to the Celtics a couple days ago, the home team has won 15 in a row. So to even the series at one, I and I look, I, I can't see this happening. Uh, I can't see the Warriors losing down 2-0, losing both games at home. I can't. I think Steph Curry is a big game too. I think he drops 35-plus, five, six three-pointers, and the Warriors win this game pretty convincingly. So that, that's what I would kind of roll with. So, Peter, yeah. History's on your side, betting the Warriors for uh, for game two. It's true. But uh, Lakers, I mean, if you want to win the Western Conference, my plus a 1,300 ticket won't complain. Will not complain. Will not so. complain. I, I tell you it's what. It's going to be Jokic gonna... versus the Lakers, and then you're going to hate me when I know. I'm gonna Jokic hate wins. You. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be mad when Jokic wins. Okay. When you look at Nikola Jokic and you look at LeBron James and somehow Nikola Jokic wins the series. And be like, damn, $700. It's not worse than the Suns, but. Oh, no, no, nothing's worse than the Suns. Any other NBA takes before we uh, switch gears? Uh, hats off to Duan Bean. MVP? Yeah. My guy, uh, Jokic, didn't get it, but he got the last two. Call, so call right now. Who's winning MVP next year? You called Luca, oh. and then you're dead wrong. But No, I called Luca, and then I switched, and I went to Giannis. See, I, I, I switched. Oh, oh I you're, switched. Close. you're close. Remember? I went, yeah. We won our foreign. I, all right, I'll tell you what. It's going to be one of three guys. It's going to be either Giannis, because he's going to have a new coach now. I think he's going to play with his hair on fire. Shy Gilgus Alexander. Good answer. And then I'm going to try to think of like a sleeper candidate. You think Shy is a sleeper? He's sort of a sleeper. Uh, maybe. Maybe. He will win if they like make the playoffs. Because and... I think they're going to be better this year. He was so good last year. Yeah, right now I'm leaning like Giannis or SGA. Those would be my two two guys right SGA, now. SGA, I might actually hitch some wagon my wagon on that. What if the if the Thunder have a year like the Kings just had? And let's oh, say yeah. they're the, we'll the three yeah. yeah, let's say they're the three seed in the West. He's gonna win the MVP. That's how I kind of yeah. see it. For sure. Um all right, Peter, let's get to the bad news. Let's talk about the Bruins. Let's move to the NHL here. So the Bruins, right? After having a 3-1 lead in the first round against the Florida Panthers, uh, they lose three consecutive. To lose in round one, of course, the Bruins had the best regular season in NHL history. Uh, things were going extremely well. Uh, and then all of a sudden, things went extremely poor. So, Peter, we'll get to the chase right here. Is this the biggest collapse in sports or NHL history? Sports, no. It's the 28-3. To hockey, no. Uh, I'm going to go with no either. They shouldn't have been in that position anyways. I feel like they were lucky to begin with. They weren't the 73 <clears throat> Detroit Red Wings or whatever year that was, the Canadians. I don't think they're as good as their record showed, even though they did lose like five times or eight times in regulation. Tell you what, sports history, no, because we've seen, we've seen a lot of collapses here we you've seen the 28 to 3 you've seen the 07 patriots we've seen the red sox yankees 3-0 um oh, yeah. that one that one gets nobody talks about that and that one was arguably the biggest in 2004 like it was 3-0 that's never happened before in a series until then so that's one that kind of gets um left without being said but in terms of how it happened it's i think it's one of the biggest collapses in nhl history uh, I understand that this team isn't as good as like the '70s Canadians teams, the '90s Red Wings teams, but look, they still had the best regular season in NHL history. And you lost in the first round. It's not like you lost to a superior team in the Stanley Cup or so- in the finals or anything like that. 
you lost to the Florida Panthers, who snuck into the playoffs. You had them down 3-1. You had a lead with a minute to go in Game 7. You know, you had a lead with five minutes to go in Game 6. You know, you had a lead. You lost in overtime in Game 5. Marshan almost had the game winner in Game 5 before overtime. You know, you had all these things happen, and you weren't able to close the door. And it, it's a it's a real gut punch for sure. I think it is one of the biggest collapses. Uh, I think it's worse than the 2019 loss against the Blues. Personally, I think it's worse. No way, no way. I don't think the Florida Panthers are that bad. I, look, it's easy to I say think that now everybody was just win. overlooking them because all oh, the Bruins have 90 or 120 points or whatever. The Bruins had like 40 oh. more points than them. Yeah, I know. It's a lot, and. I'm not saying Florida's like crap, and I'm not saying the Bruins were this almighty best team in hockey history, but you're up 3-1. You had the lead with a minute left in Game 7 on your home ice, and you weren't able to close the door, uh, and I just think that's tough. That's a real tough pill to swallow. Like I said, you had leads in Game 6 in that seesaw affair in Florida. You weren't able to get a stop and close the door, and you kind of they put themselves in a, a bad situation. Ultimately, that's why they fell short. And losing in game one's a real, real, real tough pill to swallow. So, um, heading into the offseason, Peter, what do you think the Bruins should kind of take a step back and take kind of take a look at? Because obviously, it's the the loss is about a week old and it's still new. But once the offseason gets Fully in swing. What should the Bruins do to better their team in 2023-2024? All right. A, make Bergeron retire. B, make Krejci retire. Blow it all up. C, make either Swayman or Omar get traded because Omar can't play a full season. I don't trust Swayman either. Which one would you trade? Probably Omar. He probably has more value, to be honest. It's not his fault either. Everybody that was clamoring for him to be like benched after like game five or whatever, after he won two on the road. Before the game five collapse, like you're lying to yourself. Like, when would, if happen. you were to make a switch, when would you have done it? After a game like three, two, when it was one two. one, right? Yeah, I would. I honestly, when game six was going really bad, and when Olmark was clearly not himself, that that seems like the obvious place to me. But they didn't want to do a goalie platoon. They made that very clear, and ultimately that kind of came back to ultimately haunt them because they felt like their goaltending and their decor let them down. So you're all set with Bergeron, Krejci, and you want to trade one of the goalies. I'll say this. I think if Bergeron does retire, I think the Bruins can be like, okay, like we can live with this. Like it's not like detrimental, you know, because I do think they want it by some degree, turn the page. Now, if Bergeron wants to come back at the minimum or whatever, sure. Uh, and they would absolutely have him back because they don't have a, a center better than him. But how would you sort of kind of replace him or at least get somebody ready to go? Uh, maybe you look to move a guy like Taylor Hall, who I, I do kind of like. I know he's a winger. Maybe you move like Carlo, something like that. And like you said, maybe you move one of the goalies. You can, so, you, yeah, you can move Clifton if you want. He was probably the best defenseman. Maybe Grizzlick, I think, could be a potential option to move. Um, yeah, Glenholm out of here, too. They just signed him. I'd be surprised. They yeah, I know, him but money. he literally is nowhere either. Yeah. I don't know. This whole team was underperforming the whole time. Disappointing. Even Pasternak before game six. Or was yeah. he? Like two goals yeah. and... and yeah. Pasternak, he certainly had a good game seven. He had a good game six. I think he scored, yeah. what, three goals between those two games? Yeah. So. yeah he was good. 
But yeah, absolutely disappointing for sure. All right, let's switch gears, Peter. Let's have a little bit of fun. Kentucky Derby. You know, fun is this fact. Oh, wait. Before the yeah, go. Celtics won game two yesterday, I was like, damn, I have all my confidence in the Red Sox. They're doing the best Jeez. out of it. And I was like, and I, I took a step back and I was like, wait, is this real life right now? <laughs> and then, sure enough, the Celtics did finally yeah. win. So, and then I was like, all right, Earth is right. The, like, the TD Garden is not cursed. Yeah. It was cursed for a little bit. All right, so Kentucky Derby is this Saturday, Peter. Do you uh, enjoy watching the Kentucky Derby? I do, like, listen, ever since we won that Tri-Fox in Vegas, I'm a big horse guy, even though TJ gets pissed. Oh, he gets so But mad. he wanted to do the Knights thing, so that's not our fault. Like, we've told this story before on our podcast when we were in Vegas. Peter's never been on horses before. We're kind of, we're sitting at the Aria Sportsbook, and we're kind of just, we're literally just killing time. We were going to the, the Vegas Knights hockey game. So we're literally just killing time. And I was like, Peter, you want to bet on horses? And he's like, sure. Like we pick three horses. We do one of those try boxes and TJ of cheap talk wrestling. He's at a kiosk. He's betting on like the golden Knights game that we're going to, but he's also betting on the Bruins or I forgot who they were playing. Maybe Buffalo. I don't know. They were betting playing someone. So he's doing some parlay with that. And we are like, Hey, like honey, then he's like, no, I'm doing this. And then sure enough, me and Peter won we won big and we were very, very happy. And when we won, Alvin was like, ah. why do you get me on this? Why didn't you say anything? I was like, all right. Yeah. Hey, big win, Peter. We'll never hit like that again. You never know. Maybe it'll be this Saturday. Who knows? All right. So that's my fondest memory from definitely horse betting for sure. Uh, Kentucky Derby, Peter. Tell you what, if you want to get me, I don't know, two or three got two or three horses, you kind of like heading into this, or kind of you like the name? I don't know something. Give the listeners uh, something. All right, one Tapid Trice gonna win the whole thing. Put him in the try box. Put Wait, who is it? Say that again. Tapid Trice five to one. Five to one. Tapid Trice. Okay. I will tell you for a fact who's three to one. Who was that three guy? To, Forte three to one is, is not going to win. I will. I will accept anybody except Forte to win. Uh, number two. Uh, I actually have a decision written down. Verifying is pretty good, I guess. Okay. Three. Uh, Skinner's pretty good because the the uh, Simpsons. I like that name too. And every Japanese or overseas guy, I've been hearing. Oh, don't bet on me either. Interesting. Like, yeah. Like that ten to one horse, Sago Gate. He's from Japan. Mm-hmm. He's getting tipped over. How's that gonna work? Hmm. Look at Peter bringing the, so you the horses from Japan or the jockey? No, both. The horses too. Yeah. Wow, interesting. I have a couple, Peter. One that you didn't mention: Angel of Empire eight to one. How could you not mention that? As we record this on May the fourth, Angel of the Empire. That's an easy one. Easy, Peter. And then a fun one to look at: Jace's Road. Jace's Road. Do you know who own, who's a part owner of Jace's um, Road? No, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. You would have never guessed that. <laughs> that ever. Does that work? I don't know. He's a part owner of the horse, so it's him, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Zarnick from Fox Sports, and Joy Taylor from Fox Sports. It's the three of them. Hmm. Yep. So they made the the horse made the Kentucky Derby Jace's Road. So I think they're a long, they're a real long shot. I I have down fifteen to one, but 
I thought it was 50 to one for some reason. Maybe it is 15 to one. Whatever it is, that'd be a cool one. So, like, our try box at Matt's thing is going to be Jace's run. Empire and uh, Tapped Trice. Yeah. Boom. That's the graphic. Just like that, Peter. Those are, those are the try box picks. Listen, as I said, as long as Forte doesn't win, it does not matter. Anybody but Forte. All right, Peter, you ready for five questions? Sure. My turn or your turn? I don't even know. I can do it if you want. All right. I'm ready. Number one, happy May the 4th. Do you do anything for Star Wars Day, quote unquote? I did not. I did not. But I did finish a show today. It wasn't Star Wars show. Can I, can I tell you the show? The Boys. Have you seen The Boys? I have not. It was Sneak literally the best. Who is? Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in that, isn't he? Negan? He, he, um, I feel like he is, but I can't remember. Yeah. Negan, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. You might be right. How is it? Just it, it was one of it was the best one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It was that hmm. good. I've never seen because like I'm a big Marvel, like DC sort of fan too, but this was on a complete it was like superheroes, but if they happened in like real life. Like you kind of get to see like the off like off world stuff. It was just crazy. So much like blood and gore too. It was nuts. Just you have to watch it. You have to watch it, Peter. Couldn't believe it. Number two, what do you do for your birthday? Other than the when Matt got literally killed. Well, not killed, but But who's saying that so for Saturday? My birthday was I don't know. You do anything for your actual birthday? Yeah. So Monday, no, I didn't. Not really. Monday, I was watching the Celtics losing game one. I was pissed. So oh, was, happy that birthday! That was the main takeaway. Yeah, we crap every birthday. Yep. Number three, are you going to be affected by the writer strike? Are you watching anything on TV or hype? I, I have seen some TV? of that. I will. Are, are you hyped for anything to come out? And obviously, it's going to get delayed now. I think I'm good because I was reading the boys finished filming like a couple weeks before the writer strike. So boom, we're good. I don't know about any other shows that potentially happen. Yeah, Walking Dead's dead. So, oh, because of that, really? Yeah. Interesting, but I don't think that's gonna last that long. From what I've read, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know. Well, hopefully, uh, your stuff comes back because I have read that some when this sort of stuff happens, the products do suffer. So, number four, I was watching a Netflix documentary about. Ronaldo Messi is Messi the best player in the world of all Messi time? the yeah is the Messi the best player? I mean, look, I need him winning tape. that World I Cup. This, I need this on tape. I'm not going to say he's the greatest of all time. Oh, him, come on, Portugal, come on! I, I will not say. I will say Messi winning the World Cup did light years for his legacy. Light years, light years, light years, light years. And my follow up on that is: Have you heard what's going on with Messi? Last couple weeks, no. So Messi, he took an un, um, in what's the best way to describe it, an un, um, all right. He went to Saudi Arabia without his team's permission, right? And his contract is up at the beginning of the summer, and there's a lot of rumors going around that he could be going to that same Saudi Arabian league that Ronaldo plays in, and make like a boatload of money. So the team that he's currently on found out that he went to that. He went to Saudi Arabia without getting clearance, and they suspend him without pay for two weeks. So it almost it's almost a foregone conclusion that Messi will be going to play for a different team this uh, coming. I will say this summer. Uh, there's been rumors that he could be Saudi Arabia. 
a different team that Ronaldo's on. There's rumors it could be the United States. There's rumors he could play in Miami for uh, David Beckham's team. There's rumors that he could go back to Spain and play for Barcelona. There's rumors he could go to the Premier League and play for Manchester City or Chelsea. So there's a lot of rumors swirling about Messi. So he is going to have a new home soon. Is he retiring before the next World Cup? Yeah, I assume. So maybe, maybe not. I mean, retiring, probably not, but Playing international soccer, I think he says he's done. He almost didn't play in this World Cup. He wanted to yeah, retire. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably done playing international, playing like for his league and that sort of stuff. I, I, he still might be. It depends how long he wants to go. Ronaldo is determined to kind of play into his late thirties at a high level. Messi, he has his World Cup now. He's gonna get paid a boatload of money wherever he goes. Like he's either gonna get paid three hundred million dollars in Saudi Arabia. Or he's going to be a part owner of the team he's going to play for in Miami. So, like, he's getting paid regardless. It depends how much effort and he wants to put into his late 30s. Depends. Number five, fun question. Do you eat soup or do you drink soup? Eat soup. Oh, so you eat the broth? Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Fair Is enough. that the right answer? I don't know. It's opinion. It's fun. Okay, thank you. Eat soup. Question 5B, do you eat? Ice cream. Do you lick ice cream or do you bite ice cream? It's one answer for that. I mean, is it in a cup or is it in a cone? It doesn't matter. You have a spoon or your what? All right. No, if I have a spoon, I'm eating it. Oh, you if bite ice cream. Cone, like a uh... You know, all right. If it how how are you gonna lick it if it's in a cup? I mean, if it's in a bowl. You lick it. You you take the spoon. And you just. No, you do not. You do not. I I don't. I do not believe you. You do not. If it's on a cone. Yes, if it's in a bowl, you do not. Fair enough. All right, Peter, next week, uh, we'll continue to break down the NBA as we head into, uh, we could be looking at getting some more clarity on what the Eastern and Western Conference Finals matchups will be. Uh, Maybe we'll have some NFL news, maybe not. Actually, Peter, we will. We will. We will. NFL schedule schedule release happens next Thursday, May 11th. That's right. I saw the tweet about the tweet. Yes, yes, Peter. So we'll have a lot of fun doing that. Talk about our most anticipated games and that sort of thing. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Um, So, yeah, we'll look at that next week. Maybe get back to some talking some baseball. Peter's high on the Red Sox. So, yeah, here we go, Peter. It's hot.